Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, I think about that song that uh, that the kids sang sometimes. I don't know if your kids ever sang it. It's a song that never ends because it literally is the song that never ends. And if you've never heard that, you are blessed. <laughs> I've not heard it, but I remember something. I don't remember how it goes, but it was something about Finnegan, Begin Again. It was a song yes. that looped like that. So I know what you're talking yes. about. Well, don't you feel sometimes that the list that we make, our daily list, is the list that never ends? Do you ever feel that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So much of life feels that way, right? You know, housework. I'm like, wait a minute. I just made this bed yesterday. I got to do this again. Um, Yes. You know, oh wait, I've made dinner. I've made dinner 16 days now. You mean I have to do this again? (laughs) And, And not only the mundane task of every day, but I have been in my six decades of living, I have been to so many seminars that tell you how to organize your life, how to do better, how to get things done. And every single one of them tells you something that is similar, like, you know, make your to-do list. And then whatever doesn't get done today, you just roll it over into tomorrow. Well, Rachel, my list now has grown for the last 20 years. And There's no way I'm going to get to everything on my never-ending list. Are you rolling over stuff from 1992? (laughs) I think I am. (laughs) I think I am because I feel like I, I feel guilty if I just let it go off the list. And I feel like I, I am somehow inadequate if I don't get it done. Now, have you ever felt that way? Yes, and I'll tell you this. You and I have a mutual friend, Mary Beth Whalen. Mary Beth has six kids. She uh, she would travel around and speak at churches uh, along with us. She would write devotions along with us. She would write books um, and novels, and she seemed she was always so organized. She just always got stuff done, and she was never. It seemed she would correct me if I if she were here. I bet it never seemed she was flying by the sweet of her pants or crashing and burning into a deadline. So I asked her one time. I'm like, <laughs> "How do you do this? Like, I can't. I've got two kids. You've got six. Like, how do you? How are you doing this?" So she explained to me one time. Actually, on more than one occasion, she explained the system to me. But um, she has this to what was to me this elaborate system where there's a notebook for every single month of the year, and in the back of the notebook is that running list that has absolutely everything that could possibly need doing, including seasonal things like I don't know, change the air filters in your furnace or whatever. Then at the front of the book, of the notebook, that's where she puts whatever she's going to do this week, and then it funnels into that day. And I mean, to me, there was just too oh. much organization to keep up the organization, which explains why I'm not organized. 
I do remember, uh, even though I knew better, I knew it wasn't going to work. You know, sometimes you do things that you know aren't going to work, but you hope they will anyway. Like you've looked in the fridge a million times and there's no cupcakes or anything good in there, but you open it again, <laughs> hoping maybe this time. So I bought a notebook, you know, knowing this is not going to work, but I'm going to try it. And uh, yeah, that didn't, that didn't go so well for me, but... I get overwhelmed by a lot, a lot of things. Um, actually, I don't oh. get overwhelmed by a lot of things. I get overwhelmed by knowing I need to do a lot of things. Does that distinction make sense at all? It does to me because you and I are, are eerily alike on that front. <laughs> but yes, I get it. I get it. If I feel like there are so many things that need to get done then I get overwhelmed. I can look around my office right now. I can get the rest of the house in order and feel really good about it, but my office takes a back seat. And I can look in here and go, oh, because I have, you know, my radio, all things radio. I have all things real estate. I have all things art. I have all things office, like anything that is going to get printed or whatever is right here. I have a lot of things that my grandkids have made me, and all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't even know where to begin to make this feel like I'm not overwhelmed. And so I do what many of us do. I walk out and shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the truth. Here's the truth. Now, we both love Mary, Mary Beth, and we know that she is on top of it. And one thing that she told me years ago when I felt overwhelmed, she said, just do the next thing. I mean, that's her phrase. Do the next thing. Don't get overwhelmed. You have done a, a little thing called Forte for our Encouragement Cafe team, which tells us that we are different and there's nothing wrong with being different. And, and how we embrace that is how we get past this feeling of overwhelmed, uh, never-ending to-do list. You know, human beings have a terrible tendency to add to their suffering um, by suffering about their suffering. So for those of us mm -hmm. who are not very naturally organized, we are not naturally systematic thinkers we are more big picture thinkers uh we it feels like we live in a world of of mary beth's right where everybody's organized um mm -hmm. and there are you know schedules and deadlines and such and we often will beat ourselves up for not being more systematic and more organized and that's just Oh my gosh, that's just time wasted. That's time and energy wasted there. But yeah, we have a tendency to think, what is wrong with me? And then we just add to our own mm -hmm. suffering about it versus going, mm, yeah, I'm a big picture thinker. So what strategies are going to work for me? Uh, you know, a, a, a 14 convoluted notebook system is not going to work for me. But that doesn't mean I need to give up. It just means I got to find what works for me. You know, my father-in-law always kept a record of every single penny he spent. I mean, he could tell you how much he spent on something in 1963. He had this huge journal and books and books and books full of record keeping, which made him extremely 
uh, efficient with his uh, financial world. When you looked at that, I mean, I would just get nauseous thinking about getting that out. I, I, I would rather have bamboo shoots run under my fingernails than to have to sit down and try to figure every single line. However, I know that there is a little bit of that that needs to be done in all of our lives, and we don't need to make it overwhelming. So one of the things that I really appreciated from you, Rachel, when you were doing the forte on us, which just simply tells us how we're made up, uh, I would love for you to just kind of give a little brief um, overview of what that what that says. Like, I know I've done the disc and I've done the Myers-Briggs, but your forte kind of breaks it down and says, you know, we're all made up differently and it's okay to figure out ways to do our life the way that we were created. Yeah, you know, self-awareness is so key. Self-awareness, I believe, is the starting point for any sort of growth or spiritual growth. Um, And self-awareness is also the starting point for change. And self-awareness is the starting point, I believe, for um, fulfilling you know, the prophecy or the, the, the laws, um, you know, loving others as we, um, love ourselves, which is what we're, we're here to do. So you gotta, you know, wrestle with that whole thing is do I, do I love myself or do I just pick, pick, nitpick what's wrong with me, um, and get regretful or resentful that I'm not this way or that way. So that's what I appreciate about instruments like Uh, the forte profile which sort of maps your personality sort of maps how you're hardwired and does so in a way that shows you that these are strengths the things that you thought were weaknesses Mm. are actually strengths so for for you and I um, you know one spectrum that forte measures is how systematic you are in your thinking versus how big picture you are in your thinking. And so, you know, your family member you just described who knows where every penny went, you know, he's a very systematic thinker. That came easy to him, that came natural to him, and it would make him uncomfortable to not know exactly where everything was going. Whereas you and I start to sweat when we ask, we're asked to be given an account for that level of detail and minutiae because our brains can't stay at that level of detail for that long. We just, um, we, we wig out. By the same token, if we took away all of his systems and all of his accounting ledgers, he would wig out in his own way. So, and they're both strengths because the world needs the, we need the accountant. I need the accountant to help me at tax time, right? Um, we need, we need both sins. It's a strength. And so it's very easy to um, sort of look at the people who are not hardwired like you and think that there's something wrong with them. Um, or to look at yourself when you're not hardwired the way someone else is and to think that something's wrong with you. So yeah, the Forte profile just sort of looks at how introverted or extroverted we are, um, how we tend to make decisions, how fast of a pace we tend to like to work at, how big picture um, of a thinker are we, that sort of a thing. And it was so fun to map the entire team 
And we even had some some mother-daughter relationships in there, right? Uh, Dawn and Anna. And I looked at their two profiles, and I know the history of their relationship. I'm like, (laughs) here you go, ladies. Here's why. (laughs) Um, Because Dawn is, uh, you know, the systematic thinker, you know, and the systematic thinker tends to be the rule follower. They like to have... Um, you know, the, the code of what's expected and to follow it. And then Anna's on the big picture end of things where um, Anna's like, um, rules, what rules? What do we need rules for? Um, and <laughs> as she'll say, the only rule is there are no rules. <laughs> Every single one of us, no matter how we're ha- hardwired, has a tendency to make this list we either are like Mary Beth and we have everything systematically uh, lined out so we know exactly what we're going to be doing every single moment of the day. Or we're, we're like us, we see the big picture, but all of us have this tendency to overwhelm ourselves with the never-ending list and then we beat ourselves up when we don't accomplish everything on that list and sometimes we borrow trouble like you said we borrow someone else's idea of what our list should be like like for a moment in time you borrowed Mary Beth's list and said I should be more like this so I'm gonna give it my all and then I'm gonna be upset with myself when it doesn't work out and so today what I want to focus on is how we allow our mind to be occupied. Because I think that so often our list comes out of those things that we think we should be getting done. We, we allow our mind to be occupied with things that either help us fulfill the things that we really have a desire to fulfill or they hamper it. And so I'd love to take a look at what is occupying our mind. And for me, I think I can easily pick up my phone or get on the computer and suddenly my mind is occupied with things that were never on my list to begin with. Does that ever happen to you? Yes, of course it does. You know, and that's... um, I am definitely more of a night owl than I am a morning person. I do love the mornings. I'm productive. There's something that's great about just the feel of the light in the morning, the time in the morning. So I love the mornings. And if I get up and I don't open my email or, you know, get on social media or anything, the mornings are super productive for me. Um, but I think it's mainly because I'm not fully, fully awake yet. Like I'm only hitting on like four of my six cylinders. Um, and that's good because once I rev up to six cylinders, that's when I'm like, you know, all over the place, like Tasmanian devil level of (laughs) energy or excitement or, Oh, let's do this. Let's do this. I got another idea. So I love the mornings because, um, when I'm only on four cylinders, it's like I'm better able to focus and get things done. But if I make the mistake of opening my email first or opening social media first or deciding to, you know, check out what's in the news first or whatever it might be, crack open that novel that I've been, you know, reading, whatever it might be. If I do that first, uh, again, because I'm only on four cylinders, 
I'll just cruise wait hours can pass, you know, and I can lose some of the most productive time of, of my day. And then we get caught up in that feeling inadequate, feeling overwhelmed because, oh my goodness, so much time has gone by and I have not accomplished anything yet. So sometimes if we can get out of bed, rise up, and whether you're a morning person like I am or whether you're a half morning person like Rachel, or maybe not a morning person at all, if you have in mind the very first thing you do is get into that quiet zone. You know, the quiet place where you can make sure that the things that are going into your mind are absolutely productive and fruitful. And for me, Rachel, I can tell such a huge difference when I allow myself to open up God's Word, open up some devotional, spend a few minutes just writing down, jotting down what God's teaching me in His Word that day. If I, if I allow myself that freedom and not feel like I have to race right into my day, there's something that happens that I can't describe other than everything else seems to line up a little bit better. You know, I, I don't rush in and feel overwhelmed. Um, yeah, because when, sometimes when we rush in, we go straight into reactionary mode. You know, straight into just dealing with whatever's on the other side of the the ringing phone or whatever's on the other side of that email, and um, and then it's easy to waste the entire day. Then, well, I wouldn't say waste because there are often important people and, and important issues, you know, in that um, email or on the other end of that phone. But it can send us into reactionary mode where all we're doing is just sort of standing still and dealing with whatever is being brought to us by the news or, you mm -hmm. know, by our, our media um, versus deciding this is what is important to me to accomplish today. And I need to um, proactively do that. Does that make sense? We can just kind of react to everything that's everybody else's agenda and not make any progress on our own or remain largely even unaware of our own, not even have our own agenda, not even have our mm -hmm. own goals. You know, we just get up each day and react to whatever happens and then go to bed. I believe whether you are a Mary Beth systematic person or you are a, a big thinker, Rachel, we all have a tendency to do that. If we are women, we have this little bit in us that that makes us want to please other people. And we want to make sure that everybody's doing okay. Is everybody all right? Let me see if I can help you be okay. And so we go into reactionary mode and we are constantly trying to fill everyone else's bucket. And we were never made to fill everyone's bucket. And so it's kind of like what my daughters and my niece and I just did recently. We took off on a little trip just to get away. A lot of, a lot of things going on in all of our lives. And uh, we were celebrating some big birthdays, but also 
I said, you know, girls, when we get on the airplane and they tell us to let the oxygen mask go on us first and then on others, because we have to be okay before we can help anyone else. I believe that's what we have to do in the morning before we react to our husbands, our kids, our work, our friends, uh, our social media, whatever we have a tendency to gravitate to, if we'll just back up and say, okay, I got to put the oxygen mask on me first. I've got to let God pour into me and breathe some life and energy and hope and goals and dreams and passion back into me so that I can then make my list that makes sense. Yes. And I think sometimes we need to limit the number of items on the list. I, I think I think three is a good, healthy, <laughs> reasonable number because anything over that then is like yeah. icing. You yeah, know, that's eight, why I like uh, the next know? right thing. It's like, let's just take a moment to prioritize. There are 10 things I could do, 10 things I want to do. What are the three that's going to be the most fruitful or the most important or the most necessary? Or give me the largest amount of progress for today. So yeah, what are you know what is the next right thing? Um, what are your top three non-negotiables that you're going to get done today? And if you don't get to the rest, well, that's what we call grace. Absolutely. You know, when my kids were younger, I seemed to be better at this than I am now. But I would make a list of five daily achievable goals that I could do. And most of them were not brain surgery. I made sure that they were things that when I got them done, I could, I would seriously stick my arms in the air as if I just made a touchdown and say, yes, I did it. I did it. it there was something that just kind of uh, spurred me on when I got to that, okay, I can do this. So I think even, uh, you know, as we say, put these non-negotiables on your list, the things you have to do. I would also add, do some things that you know you can get done. Something that isn't brain surgery, but you feel good when you do it. Maybe it's making that phone call to somebody that you've been putting off. Maybe it's, you know, unloading the dishwasher. Maybe it's something that's so small that you wouldn't even think to put it on your list. And yet, if you put it on that list and then you're able to go, yeah, I accomplished that today, something happens in your brain that makes you say, okay, I am not inadequate. I can do this thing called life. Well, yeah, it creates a momentum. And there is, in my opinion, few things better in this world than forward momentum. So getting it done gives you a sense of accomplishment and creates forward momentum and gives you the energy to look around and go, okay, what else could I do? Absolutely. Then you can't wait to tackle the next thing. And, and you say, wow, that wasn't even on my list. And I have everything done that was on my list. I'm crushing it. <laughs> yes. So here's, here's the bottom line. Here's the challenge for the week. Stop feeling overwhelmed by your list. 
we're going to say, okay, when we rise in the morning, God, help me occupy my mind with the things from you first. Pour in to me, God, so that I can then pour into the things you want me to do. But I can't do it unless I get my mind in the right place first. And then, Lord, help me not to overwhelm my list. Help me to make it reasonable and achievable. And then, God, help me to learn it so that I can teach it to others. Hey, here is the challenge for the week. Never-ending lists never need to be your issue again. Make sure that this week we make some positive momentum forward. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.